The scripture comes from Luke 13, 10 through 17, and it is about the crippled woman who was healed on the Sabbath. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, He called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or your donkey from the manger 
and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Well, if you excuse me and you don't mind, I am uh, going to take off this old robe of mine and give it to Pastor Charles, and he might enjoy its warmth, which I don't need right now. And if you don't mind, I'll preach like this. Thank you for the chance to come be with you today. And thank you, Sandy, very well read scripture. Sarah, thank you. Very good job leading us. And that passage, this is another one of those surprises. God is so full of them, I love it. The wonderful surprise. That passage, though we never talked, I never said what I was going to speak on, I'm going to speak on that. On the Sabbath. And I saw that and I go, oh, a God thing, I love it. I love it, those God things. They're, they're just refreshing, and that's what we need. We need to be refreshed. We live in a time of unrest. We, I don't have to explain that to you. We, you just turn on the news or open, uh, open up the Internet. We see unrest everywhere and in everything, and it is, it's distressing. But what is so wonderful is that in the middle of it, in the very middle of it, our Father in Heaven speaks and gives rest. That's the beauty. And that's what I think that uh, we should look at today because I know for me that's been very important, uh, especially six years ago when I was in the hospital for eight days and I was challenged to listen and learn again this idea of rest that the Scriptures give to us. Uh, because a hospital is that place where they take you, they put you in the bed, and they say, now, get some rest. And I, as if that's really going to happen, most of you have, maybe some of you have experienced it. Uh, you know, it's the last place. I know I've talked with people in the hospital, and they said, I can't wait to go home and get some rest. <laughs> because hospitals are just always busy, always in and out, all through the night, all through the days. So there I remember being and experiencing a challenge to, to, to find rest right in the middle of all this unrest. And God did it. It was an amazing thing and kind of a new direction for my life. One that I'm so thankful because now it's a constant desire and need. So I'm going to ask that we look in the scriptures today, first in the Old Testament. And we're going to look in the uh, uh, very first book, Genesis, in chapter 2. And there, uh, I'm just going to read at the very beginning uh, just a little few verses because it's a beautiful image of, of rest. It's the uh, end of creation. Chapter 2, verse 1. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. I'm reading, by the way, from the New Living Translation, just in case you wonder what. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all 
his work. So there on that last day, uh, there's this wonderful sense of rest that, that God wants to make very clear that he's involved in, that he's a part of, and, and that it's the very beginning of really the, first, the end of the first week, according to the Bible, is about rest. And today I'm going to ask you to think about what the scriptures, I think, lead us to, what Jesus himself leads us to, and that this is really not about a day as much as it's about a relationship. The idea of rest is found in a, a relationship with which God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit themselves live in, and they're bringing it to this world that, that they've created. So here we have this beginning, this wonderful beginning, and it carries over even into the chapter 3, but in a different way. Uh, and I want us to look at that because here is an inter- interesting uh, passage uh, where we see, and, and if some of your Bibles, you look at them, it'll show the man and the woman sin. So right there, we, this, this becomes a very, uh, how we say, traumatic chapter. <clears throat> and as I've read it over the years, it's always a hard one to read. It's sad, heartbreaking. But I missed something that's right in the middle of it. And as I say, in the last few years, it's been kind of a passage I like to go back to because really it's one of the most beautiful passages uh, in the Old Testament, I believe. And if you look, let me uh, just begin by reading the first verse, which says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals uh, the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So it begins with this Temptation, it leads to Adam and Eve making a choice, a personal choice, a selfish choice to choose themselves rather than God. But then I want us to move to verse 8. And let me read that to you because here is this beautiful picture. And it says there, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. When the Lord God, then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? That's a very interesting little passage because after that, of course, uh, Adam and Eve confessed, Well, we heard you. We were ashamed. We're naked. He says, Who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree? Um, and suddenly it just goes downhill from there. And we just move with it. But we can't, we can't just forget what we just heard and saw. Let me, let me read it again. The cool evening breezes were blowing, and the man and the woman heard the Lord God walking in the garden. Now that is a beautiful image. Take, take it and look at it. See it in your mind. Uh, it, it relates, I think, back to that last day. Or the, uh, or the, yeah, the last day that we just talked about the Sabbath. It was the end of the week. Everything's done. Just remember this, that Adam and Eve, that seventh day, according to the Bible, was the first day of their full life. And guess what it was? It was a day they were invited to cease, to rest, to, be, to come apart with the God who loves them, to enjoy his creation. So I believe he was walking with them. Personally, I think it was Jesus. He had, he had two legs. And that says, eh, sounds like Jesus, you know, like the Sunday school boy. The teacher asked, you know, what has four legs and a tail? The voice says, well, I know the answer is Jesus, but it sounds like a squirrel to me. <laughs> yeah, the answer, is, I believe, is Jesus. He's walking with them, enjoying with them on that seventh day, 
all the beauties, just showing them, and they're like gasping and excited, and whoa, that's beautiful. Oh, can I touch? And what is this called? You know, and, and there's just such a wonderful image that, that's right here again in chapter 3, but it's right in the middle of all this unrest. The image of rest right in the middle of all this rest. And I think that's where God wants us to, to, to come and not forget that this is his desire. In fact, we see it in what, what he said when he couldn't find them. He didn't, he didn't say, boy, are you two in trouble? Which would a parent, which sounds like a parent would be. No, he says, where are you? He's looking for them. He wants to be with them. He wants to walk and enjoy his time with them. You know, folks, when I drive by your church here, I just marvel at this big, beautiful lawn. Then I pray for the person that cuts it. I don't know who it is, but whether you're paying or somebody does it, that's a lot of work, but it sure is beautiful in the trees. And it wouldn't, it's just kind of tempting. I want to come by park and just walk around in it at sunset because it would be so beautiful. These, these streets here are some of the most beautiful streets in Turlock, the uh, Chinese sycamores. And even when it's going to be 100 degrees today at sunset, I bet you it's going to be lovely out there. And, and, and we could walk and enjoy it because, in a way, as someone said, we were created for a garden. For a life of beauty, joy, and rest that our Father in Heaven wants to enjoy with us. And yet, of course, the unrest takes away from that. And so here we're reminded in, this, in the middle of this that God is still calling out, where are you? I want you... Come, be with me. Let's enjoy this rest. So as, as I wanted to remind you, this, this seems to be more about a relationship than about a day. And so we'll, we'll move into the New Testament because that's where Jesus begins to help us to see that, I think. Uh, because he's the one that himself uh, was challenged on this. And we just saw it in our scripture. So I'm going to go to Mark, chapter Mark. This was Luke. Uh, that we read, but I want to go to chapter Mark and, uh, excuse me, in Mark chapter 2. And um, there at the end of chapter 2, let me share with you the situation. It's uh, Jesus and his disciples together, and it says in verse 23, on Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through the grain fields, his disciples began to break off the heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law of, by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days of Abiathar, the, who was high priest, and broke the law by eating uh, the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his Companions, Jesus here is challenging the, the authority of, of the church, that church that day, uh, that they've got it upside down, um, which is the contention that they both had of each other. The, 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 the Pharisees thought Jesus was upside down, but actually he was right side up. They were upside down, and things had been switched around, and there was such confusion about it that now um, as he was challenging the scripture we read today, what shall I do today, good or evil? These men are hungry. Should I not feed them, or should I do evil and not let them eat? Which 
Of course, in the next chapter, chapter 3, that's what we hear. We hear him challenging for that exact same purpose. So Jesus has come to challenge them because they have missed what this idea of Sabbath was all about. You know, when Moses gave the Ten Commandments, uh, we, we see them expressed in uh, the book of Exodus. And uh, when Jesus begins to teach, we'll see in uh, the uh, Sermon on the, on the Mount that he is taking the Ten Commandments and upgrading them. You like that term? Yeah, I mean, we've heard that. You upgrade your, uh, you know, you get, you get it in your internet all the time. Time to upgrade, you know, this app or that program or this. If you, the upgrade is a very common and important word in our society today. And that's what Jesus did with the Ten Commandments. Because if you look at the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he'll say something like, You've, as it's been told you, do not murder. But I say to you, if you hate your brother or speak evil or gossip, you have murdered. And then with adultery, he says, if you've heard, do not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look upon someone in lust or wanting to use their body as an object, you have sinned as such. So he's upgraded the Ten Commandments, nine of them, in fact, but this one, this one on Sabbath, he doesn't upgrade it. He completely redefines it. Because you see, for the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they got, they got mixed up. The fourth commandment says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. The Pharisees were now saying, keep the Sabbath and remember Remember, it's holy. You better do what we tell you. And Jesus says, that is not, that's not what my father had intended from the beginning. And so the challenge is, the Sabbath is about life and relationship, not about doing the right and the wrong. And so that's why he's willing to to enter into this risk by having and allowing the disciples to to eat in the grain fields. And then in chapter 3, he goes to another stage. So the very next chapter, if you look at me, it says that Jesus, in verse 1, was, went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Well, Jesus knew this. And so what did he do? He said to the man with the deformed hand, come out here right in the middle. I want everybody to see this. Okay, he's not being subtle. And remember, he was challenged in our scripture today. Why don't you do this on another day? They said, not on Sabbath. You can do it any other day. But he says, no, on this day, this day, we will do good and we will do right. So the man came and then he challenges him again about uh, doing good deeds on the Sabbath. And they wouldn't answer because what are they going to say? No, you can't do that. You can't do good deeds. Well, that's going to make them look good. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened in his heart. He was grieving. He was so. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. And his hand was restored. This is a wonderful, beautiful image. It's a very important image because the man, his right hand was deformed. And in that culture, that was a very significant uh, image of being ostracized. Because the most men worked. It was, a la- it was a labor-intensive culture. His right hand, he couldn't work. He also couldn't really greet people properly because you greeted with your right hand. And so he was stymied socially because he couldn't reach out 
He had to reach out with his left hand, but you really shouldn't do that because in those, <laughs> in those uh, early years, this was the hand that did the business in the bathroom. So you didn't reach out with his hand. It was the right. So his hand was restored. So he was restored both in his work and in his social uh, interaction. A marvelous, wonderful, good thing. Jesus is challenging these people, all the people, the disciples also, because remember, they're watching this. They grew up with this. And Jesus is saying, what shall I do? I shall do what is good. And in this case, he is saying that the good is that Sabbath needs to be redefined. And what did he say about himself in, at the end of chapter 2? Verse 27. He said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people being made to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And then he blew them away. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What is he saying? Well, I, I am all about the Sabbath. Sabbath is about me. It's about my life, my life with your life. This goes back to the Genesis account. That day was set aside for us to be together, to live, to rest. Because a lot, a lot is coming. This relationship is kind of exciting in that sense because um, if you think about it, uh, Adam and Eve really get to see the world and get to know what's going on on the seventh day. So notice that uh, God did not create them on the first or second day so that they could be with him through the creation. They were created on the sixth day. I think that's a unique part of the story because you see, they were created at the end. So when they first began to see a new day, it was the seventh day. And they were, they, were, they were seeing their Father in Heaven stopping what He was doing, resting with them, and enjoying the glory around Him. So that was their first day. It was the seventh day. Do you see what I'm saying? Because then the next day was what? The first day of the second week. And their life begins with whatever activity that God was directing them to. So where did they begin? They began on the Sabbath. They didn't begin uh, on the work week. I mean, that's the way, the, the, the problem, the part of it is, is most people look at the week as we work through the week and then finally we get to the weekend, the day off. Uh, but here as Christians, we know the Sabbath is not the seventh day, it's the first day. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's where Christians have usually, when they're talking about Sabbath, they're talking about the first day. So it's the beginning of the week, which is more in tune with where Jesus really is at, that we are gathered together, called together, challenged to come to experience rest for the week to come, because the week is full of unrest. How beautiful is that sense of relationship that the Sabbath was meant to be? And so Jesus has challenged uh, these who were with him to look back and to bring it forward in a new way, to experience it in a new, refreshing and exciting opportunity. And so as I close, what I would like to encourage you with <coughs> is to recognize that this Sabbath life, that which is Jesus, is about relationship. And within that relationship, it really fits with the creation account. It's about ceasing, resting, and being holy. Those are the things, remember, that, that, that the Bible says God did on that seventh day. 
And let me help you with just a little redefinition of those, maybe to, to, to think about it. Ceasing is about stopping. God wants us to stop letting everything around us that overwhelms us and that comes against us to destroy and to confuse. He wants us to turn to him that it would stop, you see? And then rest, which means basically we trust. We trust him. We're trusting him, his life, what his life will show us as he lives it. That's what the disciples were doing, watching Jesus. They were trusting that what he was showing them was what they needed. And then join. Holiness is about being separated. To be separated for something. And in, in the beauty of the Sabbath, we're being asked to join him. Him who loves us as he did Adam and Eve. As he wanted to begin the whole uh, wonderful creation thing on a day where they could really focus on it, and really enjoy it, really experience it. And so that wonderful Sabbath was what he wanted to restore. And Jesus was constantly wanting to challenge those around him with that. Because if you, if, you realize, if you think about it, there's so many places where he talks about it and it's still about Sabbath. Matthew 11, chapter 11, verse 29 through 31. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. You shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. He didn't even have to mention Sabbath. In fact, Sabbath is not even a word we use, is it? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of an, it's an old word we don't use, but the whole image of it is throughout scriptures, all the way even through to the end. Uh, and we, we were talking about Hebrews today. And that is just so neat. Once again, now that connects Hebrews. In Hebrews, it says there is a rest that God has for his people, for his kids. And he can't wait to really get us into it. It begins now. It's what we were doing here. We're kind of celebrating, oh, this rest, this wonderful time, and it will help me in this week. Oh, thank you, Father. Help me enter back into that rest when unrest starts to overcome and over, overwhelm me. And so the days we go from here, may I encourage you to let Jesus uh, call you away to rest, with him to be set apart to enjoy his life in moments when it just becomes out of control. You know, when the washing machine breaks, when the workplace is tough and people are, there's fighting, when people get ugly, mean. We need to hear the Holy Spirit call us. Step aside. Rest. I, I do. I, I mean, it's the thing, these last few years, I get going and suddenly I hear this voice just ever so tender and gently say, Cease. Rest. Come apart with me. And that's why I loved Sarah. She sang in the garden. She asked me if he could and I said, Yes, please. It's not just for funerals. I want it today. That's wonderful because it is one of the most beautiful, uh, beautiful hymns. So today, may I encourage you that the Lord of the Sabbath speak to you tenderly and gently as the hymn reminds us and may you hear him say cease rest be at peace cease rest be joyful cease rest be not afraid cease rest
Be with me as I guide you to be where you need to be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, may the grace of our Father, the love of Jesus, His Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all and give you rest. Amen. for listening to this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock or call the church at 209-668-3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day. And may God bless you.